Holly G with the Golf Insiders. Big women's major happening this weekend. The KPMG Women's PGA Championship at the Congressional Golf Club in Bethesda, Maryland, just outside our nation's capital. And we're going to catch up with all things women's golf today with the editor of LPGA.com, Steve Eubanks, joining me from the press room live in Congressional. Hey, Steve. How are you, Holly? Good to talk to you again. Yes, and uh, the women are, those majors, they, they come one on top of each other as we hit the summer uh Steve, we just came off the U.S. Open, of course, at Pinehurst, and now um, now we're here at the KPMG Women's PGA. Exciting, exciting times. It really is exciting times, and I must, I got to tell you that the quality of the venues that the women are going to now are just extraordinary. I mean, going to Pine Needles for the U.S. Women's Open and seeing it in its new state, um, very natural, very uh uh, very rolling, a lot of crown greens is uh, very much in line with what Donald Ross had in mind when he originally founded the place. Um, just, I think, every, everything that they've done on that regard elevates the game. And then to come here to Congressional Country Club, which has such a rich major championship history, and see what they've done here. I mean, the redesign here, Holly, I can't tell you how impressive it is but how radical it is. Um, I pulled in here having having been at the 2011 U.S. Open that Rory McIlroy won. Um, I pulled in, if it, if it were not for the iconic clubhouse, I wouldn't have known where I was. It's not the same golf course by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Andrew Green came in and did the redesign a couple of years ago, and it was really much more of a restoration where he went in and found uh, the original design on the ground. But Holy smokes, they had to have taken out 2,000 trees at a minimum. Uh, and, and just the way they've re recontoured the greens and uh, redone the bunkering. I, it, it's, I talked to a number of caddies who had, who had caddied here previously who said, no, they didn't recognize the place either. So it's, uh, it's wonderful to have these kinds of venues now hosting the women. And, and I think the women are showing, showing well of these kinds of iconic venues. Now, I, I think that's with many of these architects who come in and do these renovations, Steve, really they, they're taking it, them back to their original designs. And, you know, I think that was a little evident as we saw the great test that the country club was last week for the men's U.S. Open uh, and having been there. You know, again, you know, a, a shorter golf course, but it's the natural elements, the, you know, the fescue and, you know, the tight fairways and, uh, you know, the just the beautiful bunkering. And I see some similarities as I was looking at some pictures of the redesign of Congressional. And it's, you know, the, we sort of let courses fill in, right? There was a period there where, you know, we planted trees and made them more Parkland-like. But it's great to see these courses going back and being restored to their original design. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that everyone wants to, to view these trees as if they've been here since the dawn of man. Right. Well, they weren't. When, you know, when, you, when these courses were originally built, they were built on farmland. 
Right. And so there weren't a whole lot of trees, and, and it was very, very open, and, and you had the high, wispy grass, and, and the contours were what they were, and you found the holes based on the contour of the land. Um, and at some point during their evolution, some board, board members said, oh, gee, wouldn't it be great if we planted trees along here? Well, the, the thing about trees is they grow. Right. And, you know, suddenly you're looking at these you know, tree-lined fairways, which were, which were never intended to be that way. Uh, so to see these architects coming in and doing what they're doing is, in my estimation, really good for the game. Not just good for the, uh, for the game, it's good for the agronomy. I mean, being able to go in and, and uh, grow the grass a lot easier, you know, this turf grass only needs three things, sunshine, wind, and air. Well, trees block two of them. So, you know, you need, you need to be able to open those things up and, uh, and, and let the grass grow. Um, the same is being done at, or has been done at Baltusrol, which is where this KPMG Women's PGA Championship will be played next year. Uh, the lower course there, Gil Hans went in, took out thousands of trees. Uh, and it is a much more interesting design now uh, than it has been previously. The uh, Women's PGA Championship was uh, one of the, the great uh, ideas of the former commissioner, Mike Wan. Um, share how this tournament has grown and, and just how quickly it has elevated uh, in terms of a major championship. You've had the Golf Channel out there on site live every day. This, talk about elevating the women's game. And then KPMG has been just a, such a tremendous sponsor. And they did this leadership conference all week to really inspire women, not only in sports, but in the business world. Uh, really just I- exciting and, and how, you know, this sponsor has really embraced so much of not only the women's game, but empowering women. You, you can see it in every aspect of this championship. I mean, from the signage coming in, the excitement in the city itself, um, the, the, the courtesy cars that the players are getting, they're all Cadillac SUVs, and they're, they're, as they pull in, you know, their parking spots are all marked, and there are people uh, on staff here who are detailing the cars while the players are out playing. So they, they come back to a a shiny, spotless, clean courtesy car. So those kinds of little things um, really elevate championship overall, the quality of the food and player dining. And, of course, the, the venues themselves. I mean, it's one thing to go to, you know, a club in, 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 that is in a nice little town that people know, um, but to go to a place like Congressional, which is iconic that everybody in the game knows this golf club. Uh, so to be able to come to these kinds of places and, and finally for the purse to be elevated from 4.5 million to 9 million this week, um, I think it's one of those things that really elevate the game overall. Uh, people are certainly paying attention now. Good to see that happening. Clearly, lots of conversation over the last few weeks about uh, the men's game and, you know, this LIV Golf League and just these crazy amounts of money that are uh, being presented to those players. In terms of equality, it's good to see that the women are are benefiting as well. I'm, I'm looking here, and I believe the 2022 schedule 
they're going to play 34 events with $85.7 million in total prize money, Steve. That's the richest in women's golf history. So um, good to see that, you know, the, the women's side of the game is, is also keeping up. And tell me uh, how things are going with the new LPGA commissioner, Molly Marco-Salmon. She, she's doing terrific. Uh, I got to tell you, I've been a, a big fan of Molly since the moment she arrived because she's a she's an aggressive listener, uh, which I think you have to be in this role, be it the players that you're listening to, your existing staff, your tournament partners. Um, she is one of those people who looks you in the eye and pays very close attention to the things that you're saying about what's happening on the ground. Um, I've always been uh, been impressed with, with people who take that as their first order of business. By the same token, she has come in and, and you know, taken the role, the role that Mike Warren had, uh, uh, had, had really established and put her unique spin on it. Um, we are now elevating not just women's golf, but women's sports overall. Uh, and she is thinking that the LPGA should be a leader in that regard. And having been around for 72 years, I think she's probably right. So uh, I think you're going to see much more of an overall leadership role coming out of the LPGA going forward. Well, she was a very passionate and accomplished multi-sport athlete herself and, um, you know, certainly had some significant roles um, in, in her career in that regard as, uh, you know, the uh, Princeton's uh, athletic director in her former role. So I, I couldn't think of anybody more suited to, to uh, you know, keep ringing those bells, if you will, Steve. It's very, very important. Um, so let's talk about this leaderboard. Uh, N.G. Chung is, uh, is got a four-shot lead. She shot an amazing opening round 64, Steve. Uh, she was on fire. We have a couple other Americans in the mix. Jennifer Kupchow, who uh, is in fourth. Jennifer Chang, tied for fifth. And um, uh, we've got uh, Angel Yin. She's in the mix. A whole bunch of a whole bunch of Americans on the board, and also Lexi Thompson. Yeah, it's been a it's been a terrific week here. Uh, the, the most impressive thing about NG Chun sixty four is when she did it. Early Thursday morning was the worst weather we've had here. It was it was cold, rainy, and windy, and for her to have gone uh, the the course average that day was over seventy five. For her to have gone out and shot 64 is just remarkable. What, co- what course was she playing? Me, yeah, I can't tell you how many players said that very thing to me after the round. What golf course was she playing? Because it was, when we finished, we asked her, I mean, what was the secret today? And she said, well, she hit seven wood about as close as most players hit pitching wedge during that round. Uh, so <laughs> that'll do it, I guess. And uh, she just... Every shot, perfect. Yeah, she, it was interesting. She had played the golf course, uh, what was it, a few weeks um, earlier, and had replaced a couple of her clubs, which I thought was really interesting. Correct? She put a 7-wood and a 9-wood in the bag because she needed to hit it farther, but she also needed to hit it higher. 
uh, and she she carried some long irons and hybrids, um, which she she could work the ball with those, but the trajectory was a little bit lower. Uh, so she worked with the staff at Ping, uh, and the seven wood and the nine wood uh, just simply gave her the launch angles that she needed uh, to attack some of these greens from from further out. Uh, the, the seven wood is about one ninety five to two oh five. Uh, and the nine wood uh, is in that 185 yard range, which were the majority of the, the approaches this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, back in my day, uh, one of my favorite clubs was called the Divine Nine, Steve. It was uh, one of Callaway's uh, early uh, brilliant moves before you know the hybrids got really popular. And uh, they even had a what they called a Heavenwood, an 11. And uh, I, I hit a very high ball, and I absolutely love those clubs. So what a, what a brilliant move on her part. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's really thinking the matter through as, as NG normally does. I mean, she is a, she's a brilliant woman, by the way. Uh, I don't know if many people know this about her, but uh, you can spend some time with her and, and realize there's a genius intellect there. And uh, so I, I'm not at all surprised that, uh, that the strategy is working out for her. Yeah, and I, I really give um, these Korean players, I listened to her interview after her round. Um, my goodness, if I was trying to give a, a press interview in, a, in my second or third language, Steve, um, I wouldn't have come out nearly as articulate as, as she did. And it's, you know, really, uh, it's impressive to see how much these women are, um, you know, really, really taking on to be able to be good communicators on the tour. Well, the great, th- the great thing about this, and I think this shows again the, the level, the level and depth of her intellect. In 2015, when she won the U.S. Women's Open, she could not say hello in English. I mean, she, you know, you could tell she was, she was very kind and was attempting to communicate, but there was zero English language skills there. Well, now she tells jokes. I mean, to be able to, to, to appreciate and be able to deliver humor in a second language, that's really next-level stuff. Absolutely. I can't imagine ever getting there. Uh, me, me either. So, um, quick update on the Corda sisters, Steve, because, of course, they're always in the mix. And um, which one of the sisters had the, had the surgery, the unexpected? Nellie. It was Nellie, who was away from the game for four months um, with the dangerous blood clot in her left arm. Um, and really, it was a scary situation. I mean, we, we, we really didn't get a lot of updates because there weren't a lot of updates. And, you know, blood clots are incredibly dangerous. And so for her to have had that, uh, had the surgery, taken off for four months, come back and play as well as she had. And the fact she's playing at all is nothing short of remarkable. But to be playing as well as she is, I think that may be one of the underreported stories in all of sports because you just don't do that. You don't take four months off and come back. And she had a T8 at U.S. Women's Open. She was in a playoff in uh, Michigan at the, uh, at the Meyer. Uh, and then to come in here and, and perform the way she has, I, I just I, it's a head-scratcher to me that somebody can – take that long off and be that good. I, I completely agree with you. And um, any idea how, how this was discovered? Because, you know, that's the other side of it, that, that they discovered it and she reacted quickly and, and, and got to, uh, I think, an urgent care. 
She did. She she ended up. She knew something wasn't right. Uh, went to her general practitioner, and when and when they she was describing the symptoms, he said, "You need to go to the emergency room right now." And so she went to the emergency room and and uh, was admitted shortly thereafter. Well, that's that's a good message for all of us, right, Steve? Yeah. If something's not feeling right, take action because the difference of uh, being here for another round or not, and I agree with you. This is this has been uh, quite a story, and the fact that, like you said, she's back and uh, truly in competitive mode is is uh, is great to see. And and another player, uh, Lydia Cole, her game's turning around, Steve. Man, Lydia, this, Lydia has played so well this year. It's it's almost like it ought to be a three or four win Lydia year. Uh, she has won once, um, but she's just every week it seems she is in contention and somewhere near the top of the leaderboard. So I expect to have multiple wins this year out of our former number one. Yeah, I mean, it seems like we've been following her for years already, but she's only, what, 24? 25. She's 25 now, but um, the, the crazy thing about it is she's just turned 25 in April, um, and we've been following her since she was 15. Right. I was going to say it's a decade a, already. It's been a decade now. Yeah. <laughs> so, if that doesn't make us feel old, Steve, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's always great to spend time with you, and uh, look in your crystal ball. Who are, who are you... Um, Picking to raise that trophy on Sunday. Well, Angie Chun is going to have to make a mistake for anyone to catch her, and she's not prone to doing that. So I think if you were looking at the leaderboard right now, she'd have to be your pick. And uh, good weather uh, coming up, and and uh, TV coverage on uh, on what channel? Golf Channel and NBC. So check your local listings. Awesome. All right. Steve Eubanks, editor of LPGA.com. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All a good chat.